Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Clearly, you're mistaken, Dad. I don't know when, <laughs> like at what point, <laughs> we... Uh, that sounds like squeaky valley girl. It was. <laughs> no, it's it's actually funny because um, my mom and I, we always, whenever we're trying to be funny with each other, we get into our moist, our, our moist, our most annoying valley girl voice and... Give me an example. Okay. So... You know, it's it's just the middle of the day. We're both in the kitchen, and she goes, do you want some chai tea? And I go, yeah, sure. I'll take a chai tea. And it's it's really <laughs> annoying, but it's the thing that we do to each other just to um, make each other laugh. Okay, um, let's make sure you do that when I'm not home. Yes, agreed. <laughs> um, but um, anyways, um, I was just going to say that we both looked at each other during the intro music because my mom's laugh is just the best. Um, it's the it's not only the best, it sounds like um, you're letting air out of a balloon. Well, it, well, okay. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I feel like that'd be really high. But um, I just feel like it's she's laughing like she has a secret because she does because she probably does have a favorite and it probably changes by the day. But you'll never know. Um, or at least, you know, I say you as in like the two of us, like I never right, really exactly. know. Um, but today I really wanted to talk about um, budgeting, but in the, Sounds good. In, in the respect of like what I believe the term is called, it's called nut when every month you have a nut, like what you have to pay for the basic necessities. Right. Um, and I just thought I'd ask. Do you want me to explain what the nut is? Yeah, if you want to go a little bit further into it, and then I'll ask some I more have questions. no clue where that financial term eventually came from, but your nut is what you basically need to survive every month. So it could be, I realize I spend on groceries every month $450. I realize my rent is $1,500. Now you're up to $1,950. I realize my utilities are $250 a month. So now you're up to $2,200. And then I realize I'm spending on gas X amount a month. So you're like, well, I am only bring in $4,000 a month, but I have to pay taxes on that. And after taxes, you know, I'm bringing in 3,200. I have $400 left from my life. Well, I'm going out with friends. I want to buy a, a shirt, whatever. Your nut is what you basically need to survive. That's why, and I'll tell you this, once you get a house, you see parents run around all the time and go, turn off that light when you leave a uh-huh. room because you realize you're paying for it. Yeah. You, you pay for everything. You will, I guarantee you will do that when you get your house. Did you do that with me growing up? Not so much because you're pretty good, but I would literally walk past a room and if somebody wasn't in it, I would turn off the light in that room. I think it's just in, it got instilled in me in elementary school going to a, you know, progressive, you know, there was a garden where the, you know, parents made vegetables kind of a thing. Uh, it was a cool hippie school. It was a cool hippie school. Yeah, we did some pretty cool things and I feel like I learned a lot and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. But in uh, the environment was very important. So if it meant like, oh, remember to turn off the light before you go, I always I always did it. Um, 
And I got a smart plug that turns, I can turn off each outlet. So that's it. Right. save power too. So it's not like power's it's going to the whole idea. outlet. It just goes to, oh, two out of the three little, you know, plugs. Um, but I was going to say, because we were talking about it the other day and I thought it'd be interesting for everyone to listen to about, uh, I guess the, the housing crisis or the financial crisis. 2008. 2008. And that certainly, that affected us. And I feel like that's the last thing in recent history that is similar to COVID where COVID clearly has affected everyone, whether you're still going to work and you're an essential worker or, you know, things change to completely remote and you have like kids and they're going to school remote and how all that changes, or you're just literally out of a job. And like, uh, my, my cousin's boyfriend, I think, was out of a job for a considerable amount of time, like I think like nine or 10 months. And that's kind of the span that we actually went through in 2008. And so I just thought in terms of like the nut, what is it today in comparison to what it was uh, like oh, what's in 2008? My, my monthly nut? Yeah, like off, like not necessarily a number if you don't want to say it, but I'm just kind of curious, like in comparison. It's significantly lower because back then I was still paying a mortgage. Right. And school. And I was paying for school. And now that you graduated from college and you have no college loans, none of that's being paid for. Um, I basically am paying for gas, food, insurance, utilities, and that's it. I, I don't have any other nuts. I was going to ask, um, just. Because we do have, you know, I think you're really good with insurance. Like when we bought um, some of my first camera gear, you insured it. Is insurance, do you pay a lot more for insurance and you feel like the average person or you feel like you still get no, a good deal? So you're not. No, isn't- but well, when we did the show about insurance, I have an insurance broker who deals with like 25 different com- companies. Right, but. So I told you, I have literally no loyalty towards any insurance company. Right. You're just going to find the best deal. Who's going to give me the best deal, but I got to make sure that that insurance company is well rated. Right. So like double A or whatever it is. That's not necessarily my point. I know you're going to get the best deal, but I feel like you're insuring more than the average Joe is what I'm saying. No, I I think that the only thing that we've, you have to have the house insurance. You have to have the car insurance. You have to have all that. That's just the basics. We insured your cameras because you were starting to become a, what looked like a professional photographer and you have. And so it was like, okay, this is equipment that if the house was ever broken into that camera equipment would not be covered. And I'm, I'm glad we did. I mean, it's, it's, it gives you peace of mind, but let me talk to you about 2008. All right. So I work in sitcoms now for the last 36 years Mm -hmm. around 2007. I forget exactly what the year was. For about 11 to 12 months, I didn't work because most of the sitcoms, there was like 40 sitcoms on the air. And then like this one season, there were two total. And they were already staffed. Two? What? Do you, can yeah, you offhand what they were? Yeah, two and a half were? men and New Adventures of Old Christine. And that was it. I think it. I remember that show. Now, that didn't include like Disney Channel shows, which I was not sort of in that loop of people who knew me there. Right. But all the networks knew me. But the networks didn't have any sitcoms and they weren't hiring me in one hour dramatics shows because you get sort of stereotyped in what you do. Right. So the two shows, Two and a Half Men and and, uh, New Adventures of Old Christine were already staffed by the time my show had been canceled and now I'm unemployed for 12 months. Those shows are already staffed. They're not firing somebody to hire me. Right. Yeah. That's not the way it really works. It's not the way it works. 
So I didn't work for 12 months. And when you're in the middle of like month eight or something, you don't know if you'll ever work again because you don't know if sitcoms will come back. So what I did, and this is also coinciding with like the stock market crashing by 40%. So I lost 40% of the money I had in the stock market. But did I really lose it? No, because you gained it all back. No, I didn't lose it because I didn't cash it in. Right. You didn't lock in your losses. I didn't lock in my losses. But now you were going to a private school. We had insurance things to pay. We had the mortgage still to pay, whatever. So I did take $30,000 out of the stock market to like refund our emergency fund. Because when you're eight months in, I was probably when I took the 30000 like, okay, we've really sort of not depleted, but really took a big chunk out of our emergency savings just to pay for all the bills. The basic bills, not like go on vacation bills. And um, I took the 30000 probably eight months into that 12 months. and So that's still that, eight months. That's pretty good considering correct. you budgeted that, pretty well. That gave me a peace of mind that, oh, okay, I'm probably covered for bills for at least another eight months and I'll be fine and I'll get a job within that time. But when you're in the middle of being unemployed and you see, you read the news and it's not saying that they're developing any new sitcoms, I'm thinking, wow, what am I going to do? And I don't know if you remember this, but I went and taught at a college. I do. Some you, of those you, college students were, they you, gave you a hard time, man. Yeah, but they, you came in to a couple of the classes, I remember. But it, yeah. I was working at this college like two to three days a week, like from seven to 11 o'clock at night teaching TV production. And it paid okay, but it wasn't like any real money. I, I briefly remember it, but I was the great age of 11 where I'm no longer like as cute as I was when I was like seven. And stop. One I don't second. know how you were always cute. I, what? Now you're, <laughs> now you're beyond adorable. It's up for debate and we'll discuss it later. Um, but, uh, I just remember, uh, you want to try tea? No, oh my God, that attempt. Um, no, but I was just going to say, I feel like I remember like if I ever talked in the class at all and you know, you introduced me like, Oh, this is, you know, yes, no, but what you little- did is you helped us. We did a TV production that was sort of a talk show. So did we, had, I, Oh yeah. Was I like three, an anchor or something? You were uh, like a guest on the talk show. Yeah. Little me. But so I don't know how well I sold it because I've mm-hmm. talked to people who are like about 11 now and it's like, they're this kind that's like, you know, you really start to see their personality, but on hyperdrive because they're still kids and they're still You were learning. great. Okay. You were absolutely great. All right. I think that's some parental bias there, but we'll we'll move on. Um, I was going to say that uh, you did that and then there was um, the theater as well. Yeah, so I was directing a play at the time. So I was, I was teaching a little bit at college, like three nights a week, but I was also directing a play. I cried at that play. And we did play. about... Between developing the play, sitting down with the playwright and saying what's the tone of the show and what's the set going to look like, etc. And it was a comedy musical. Um, I probably spent at least five, four to five months helping develop the play. And then we opened the play. We had uh, auditions, then rehearsals, and then the play ran for about three and a half months. So I was engaged with it for about nine and a half months and I was spending... It kept me busy. I was spending at least 40 hours a week on the thing. I'm not getting I, paid for the play. Right. I, but it I kept remember, me active. 
I remember it was it was a good time consuming creative outlet. Um, but what I was going to say was going back to the money you took from the stock market. Was that the first time you'd ever really had to take money? First time. Okay. And yeah. Only time. Because that's what I thought. Because we've talked about it before, and I've put things. You know, I've invested as much money as I feel I can, um, but I'm also still saving up for a lot of things for my business, um, photography, especially. Sports photography is not cheap by any means. And I kind of am realizing that the money I put away, I personally don't want to have to take out because, you know, even if I intended it to grow to then take out, I personally don't want to because I feel like, you know, that money is X amount now. It's going to be three times that, you know. Correct. So 20 years we've now. talked about this before. Never, ever put the brakes on compound interest. Right. Unless However, it's an emergency. Unless it's an emergency. So my emergency savings dropped significantly low in eight months. Right. So I said I have to refund the emergency savings, which is fine. And I, I don't feel guilt about it at all. And so like I tell you as a freelancer, your emergency savings should not be three to six months. It should be a year. Right. You'll get a job within a year easily. I know you. And even if you had to go and work doing some job that's not sports photography, you would pay the bills because you're just even photography. I know it's not, you're just just a responsible person, right? You know, if I'm not saying this, but you would go work at McDonald's before you wouldn't pay your bills because you're a responsible person. So, um, my point is that you should never feel guilty about having to take something out of the stock market to refund your emergency fund. But along those lines, if you can have a year's worth of, savings. So if you get an apartment soon and you know how much it costs a month, multiply by 12 and then multiply by 12 approximately what you're spending on groceries and then multiply, uh, not by 12, but figure out what's my annual insurance premium for my car, et cetera. Right. And when you add that all up, you go, all right, I want to get one year's worth. Um, I was just going to say that I, I find it really interesting that you like took the money out because we never really talked about that before until for whatever reason, 2008 came up. Yeah. Because you were, I remember exactly you were in fourth grade and I'm like, I'm not going to tell her about any um, money problems or I mean, like that. We have to do this. I just want you to be calm and collected. When to, you go be to be school. honest, besides like, I think one bully, I, uh, in fourth grade or just around that time, mom was on wizards and I, I met Selena Gomez and that was like amazing for me. That was so cool. I was on set that entire summer. Right. Um, and that was like so much fun for me. And I think I was even in an episode, but I'm not sure. But getting back to the point is I like, how did you feel taking out that well, I didn't, money? I certainly didn't love it. The, the one thing that you have as a freelancer that gives you the most angst is where is the next job coming from? Right. So when you, my way of working around that was, okay, I have to have a creative outlet. So I was doing the play and I was literally going, I'm designing the set. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could get this. So I'd go on Craigslist and basically it was a bar in Minnesota. So I went online on Craigslist and requested anybody who had a beer bottle collection they're willing to give me. And someone gave me something like 400 bottles and each bottle was different. And we, we put it up on the wall. There was like, you like earthquake it. Yeah, there was a, like a ledge on the on the wall on the back wall of the bar, 
And then when people came to do the play, they would walk down on stage after the play was over and go, this is the most amazing set ever. And I put so much, so much um, heart and soul into that, trying to get people to give me free stuff because it was a play. And then I'd also always guarantee that we give you credit in the program and we will give you free tickets to have your family come and see the play if you know you live in L.A., like because the play took place in Minnesota, I, I asked, I went on the Minnesota Craigslist and said, does anybody have any sports memorabilia? People send me stuff from the Minnesota Wild NHL team. Oh, wow. They sent me stuff from like University of Minnesota. I love that. I, I got, I would say $500 worth of stuff for free because like you could be the sports information director at St. Cloud State, which is, was just, no, in, was yeah. just in the Frozen Four hockey Right? right, I know. And they would send me something, and it would be programs, and it would be posters, and I'm like, where can I put this? This will be so cool. It was a super authentic set. So I put all my creative energies into that, and then I would work out, and that was a way of distracting me from not having a job. Did you ever send that stuff back? Like, was it ever? No, they gave the it. They gave it to us for free. Someone and it gave was, you their beer bottle collection for. Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. The guy said, "You know what." I've always wanted to display this in my house somewhere, and I realize I don't have the room. And my wife keeps complaining to me that it's just taking up all this space in the garage. We can't even pull in two cars because of all this stuff he had. Wow. So he said, you'll be doing me a huge favor. And I said, well, listen, I can guarantee you if you and three of your friends to any show you want to come to, I will give you free tickets. And the guy's are like, great. And he only came once. Yeah. But, but I, th- I thought that was unbelievable. And now else. the play has toured all around the Midwest. Oh, that's cool. I didn't and know that. And so our, the playwright has used a lot of the stuff I designed for that original play and brought it around the Midwest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I kind of want to see it again now that I'm like older and I will remember more. But I was just, so my point about this episode was basically, um, did the money that you had to spend in 2008, what would that look like now? Like, do you ever feel like... Oh, what would it have been with compound interest? Well, no, not that. I'm just saying, like, do you uh, do you think we'll ever be in that position again? Like, did, No, never. During COVID, you didn't think that you were going to have to take out more money. Three, your three biggest expenses in your life will be your college, your car, and your house. I own my cars free and clear. We don't have any college debt. And I own my house free and clear. I see nothing but light at the end of the tunnel. The light is so bright, I I need to wear three pairs of sunglasses. Okay. Or just get one so, really good pair. You don't need to go to 99 cent store and buy. By the Sorry. amount of money I've saved, plus the pension I will eventually take, plus Social Security, yes, it'll be there for me. Um, and we can eventually do a show about Social Security. I I see nothing but bright light. I, I basically have no bills except for... Gas, food, insurance, utilities. So what, I mean, I know the number's hard because it slightly changes. X is the amount of what you have to pay now, is your nut now. I, I, don't, much, I don't know the exact number. Okay. Not even like a ballpark? No, I don't have a ballpark because I have no concerns. Okay. So you just like can pay the bills and you don't even look at the number. You just type it in. Well, I know that when we put stuff on a credit card, so like we, we'll put the, the groceries on a credit card and then I will be getting travel miles for that. And I always pay, a, I've never not paid, and we talked in the credit card show, I've never not paid every bill for 30 plus years credit cards, 100% 
paid off every month. Right. So if I know if, oh, this month we spent, uh, you know, $380 in groceries, I'm paying that off 100%. So, but with those three things gone, how much has your nut gone down, would you say? Uh, let me think for a second. So um, that and, well, here's the bottom line. I've never had a car payment because I've always paid 100% cash for my Right, cars. I know. So that's so, the way But you let's do say cars. I was paying the average amount and then the mortgage and then school. I'm probably saving uh, $6,000 a month. Wow. Times that's 12. A, yeah, that's a good chunk of change there. So if $72,000 does not leave the house, but it gets invested... And let's say I take of that seventy-two thousand, um, thirty and thirty goes into the emergency savings, and forty-two goes into the stock market. Yeah, well, I was going to say that uh, because of the way you pay off cars, that's like a completely separate. That's I feel like that doesn't even really apply to you. You know, it's you just have the two and now the two are gone. Well, I'll give Unless you you're going to get like a master's or something. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you an example of how I paid for the cars. So in, in television, there's things called pilots and pilots are the first episode of a series that will potentially be on the air. So sometime usually around March, April, early May or something, you shoot these pilots and it might be on television in the fall, in September. Mm-hmm. So there's usually... No exaggeration, 100 to 110 pilots are done every year. And that's when there was only three networks. Now with Netflix and everything else is probably Apple, everything. I feel like there is no pilot season anymore. Correct. They're just always making everything. It's it's year-round now. Okay. So back then, 2008, let's say there's only three networks, maybe four with Fox. And we would um, do pilots. And then usually during the pilot, it's like two weeks of intense hours. Maybe you're working 70 hours a week and with overtime and stuff like that. In two to two and a half weeks, three weeks, I would make enough money to pay for a car in cash. That's crazy. So most of the time when I bought a car was right after pilot season. But I told you, we weren't replacing the cars until after about 12 years. So then when I had zero payments and I just killed myself for three weeks, I now have zero payments on a car for the next 12 years. What do you think happens with my my weekly check? goes in the stock market. Yeah, I was going to say Good that... Good strategy. The, um, yeah, because you're, you're, if you pay off a car on day one, on from day two on, you know, through the rest of time, all of the future money you're getting is contributing towards compounding. Correct. So the money you put in on day two versus, oh, I waited until day 30 to pay off my car. Right. Or, you know, for a lot of people that's like day 600 or you don't even, you just lease a car. I know plenty of people who lease cars. But I was going to say, we haven't even had, I mean, I don't know the history of the cars you had before I was born. I know we got a Ford Explorer, which I, towards the end of right. my life, called and an it's Exploder. A t- it's a typical thing that parents do is that you buy a big car when you have your first child because you're always afraid if the car is ever hit, at least the baby will be safe or your child will be safe because the car will take the hit and nobody will be crushed. I think I lost my first tooth in that car. Okay. I just remember that because I was really young. It was like one of my first memories. But we've always had energy efficient cars. I wouldn't say the Ford Explorer was a very energy efficient car, but it it did exactly what we need. Okay, you're going on all these play dates, and now we're putting soccer equipment in the back of the car. And right. We're putting bicycles in the back of the car, and we're I, going on vacation. I was going to ask that 
how many other cars were you buying in pilot season? Like what existed before the Explorer? Because um, you had the Honda Accord. Yeah, I had a Honda Accord and mom had one that was a different version of a Honda Accord. And then we had the Ford Explorer and the Honda. And was there then, anything you know further back no, in time? No. And then... Uh, then uh, We have the cars we, we have now. We had Priuses. Yeah. But I, we would have... I think the Ford Explorer we owned 14 or 15 years. It was a really long time. I don't and, know what year you bought it, but... And then we also had the uh, the Honda Accords probably at least 12 years. Yeah. And now I bought my Prius that I still love, 2012, and it's 2021 now. That's crazy. It's been nine years. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like blinking. That's... I. Now, I remember you guys buying the car. I was super excited. I remember I was calling you guys from my from high school. I was like, oh my God, yes, like we're getting a Prius. And I just, I wanted to be one of those Californians with a Prius. I don't know why. Um, even though I think we have, I don't know what kind of reputation we have. I don't really understand it. But um, Well, the bottom line is too. If you, there's people out there who do hate us and that's fine. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You haven't heard of that? There's t- like a plenty of people. Wait, who are wait. Like, are you Prius saying, drivers are the worst. Well, are you saying hate us personally or hate Prius drivers? Hate Prius drivers. Okay. So here's the deal. In California, we live in bumper to bumper traffic. So if I have a Porsche, which I could afford and live in bumper to bumper traffic, I, I guess the excitement of having a Porsche is that like you go on the freeway and you drive 75 miles an hour and it feels so cool. We can't do that except that you go out at two in the morning even then, sometimes so I was coming back the other night. With man. my Prius, I not only like it; it's energy efficient. I'm saving money driving it. My insurance went down doing that. I'm saying nothing against anybody who wants to buy a Porsche, a Ferrari, or whatever. Get whatever you want, but it works for me because I live in bumper to bumper traffic. I guess the one last question I have is: um, Do you? Because I just thought of it. Because now groceries and gas and insurance are mainly the only things. And then whatever other bills that come our way. Right. I guess you A credit card bill that like, oh, you went and bought something at clothes or whatever. Um, I was going to say, have you noticed the effects of inflation at all? You made a book for me and it was, it was my graduation book. It was in elementary school. Parents were responsible for making their own yearbooks. And guys, when I tell you my dad went all out. Can I tell you I that was part? I couldn't carry it across the stage. It was that heavy. Can I tell you part of that yearbook? That was the other thing I put in my energies during that one year of not working. Yes. I remember there were like- I'd stay up till three in the morning cardboard. cutting stuff out. And, uh, and then I'd, I'd put in whatever little photos that we had of you. And like I was printing out the covers of albums, CDs that were your favorite. I, yeah. I didn't mean to say cardboard. There was just like a lot of colorful paper and you got special paper and you made it very amazing. It was but, legendary. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. But I was just going to say that- I remember you putting, oh, you know, you're in first grade. The price of gas is, you know, right, right. and I don't know what it was. I feel like I it would was, say. It was probably something like a dollar twelve. Yeah. And then when you graduate, it was like gas is like three eighty. Yeah, it was really expensive. I think that's almost nearly what it is now, depending was, on where you go. It was go. sort of a learning lessons of like, not only how far you've grown and look at all these photos of you growing up between kindergarten and sixth grade when you graduated from elementary school, but it also gave you a little timeline of the history you've lived through. Like you lived through 9-11. Right. Um, I, but I was just going to say, have you felt the effects of, okay, gas is instead of $12 to fill up, it's 
not 30. so not so much because I always found a way to cut expenses so that I was still putting away money. the same amount right. that you wanted to. And I know we've asked me this before, like, well, you're putting away forty percent. I was trying to put away as much as possible, and so the the amount was never because if my show got canceled after thirteen weeks, maybe for the next six weeks, I'm not putting away any money because there's no money coming in. Yeah, I saw something the other day that said. Um, you know, you have to make your money work for you. You can be the person who, okay, I'm saving as much of my check as I can. I'm only spending it on the necessities, the nut. I'm trying to budget really well and I'm putting it all away in a savings account. You kind of flip that. You're still saving as much as you can. We're not saving, we're, we're not spending crazy amounts on anything. We're really good at budgeting and prioritizing what we need. But I'll say this, that you're not putting... I, you know, you got a check for a thousand dollars, right? And this is a check that, you know, all of the expenses have been paid. So this is a, a check that you can either put in savings and it's liquid and you can access it at any time, or you can put it in the stock market. If I know you, you're putting that whole thing in the stock market. You, you are right. You're not relying on a whole bunch of money provided accessible at all times. Provided my emergency fund is fully funded and my emergency fund on based on, you know, not having a mortgage college and, and a car. Uh, my It's a lot lower now. No, my emergency fund is at least three years worth of savings. Oh, so it's still, so it's, you keep this amount the same, but it's taking us further now because you have less expenses. Exactly. Got you. Okay. But so that's I, how you choose to do it. I can be not working for three years and pay all the expenses in this house because the expenses are so low. Well, good thing because, you know. I'm not going to say retirement is around the corner. Well, what you, I'm hoping, like work, what I'm but. hoping is that when you hear that example, when you maybe get 40, 45 years old plus, you're doing the same thing. So you can see the light at the end of the tunnel if you're ever in a job where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, right now I'll say that all of my money is kind of, anything money that comes in right now in this particular moment is kind of going out towards expenses and just, you know, staying afloat business-wise. But um, Let me I know that there's question. another light at the end of the tunnel. I know there is. You know how you said that you know I like to put your money to work, and you've even read about that. Can I ask you, of the money you have in your Roth IRA, and we're not going to say numbers, um, and that's in the stock market, over the year that we've just done, which is from, let's say, March of 2020 mm-hmm. to March of 2021, has your money gone up that was in the stock market? Oh, absolutely. I think when... And it's gone up significantly, right? Well, let's put it in perspective like this. The money that I had in college, I graduated with a certain amount since... And that was May 2019. If you want to round up, you know, considering COVID, let's say it's May 2021 right now, or you're listening and it's May 2021 right now. It has doubled in two years. Two years. And that includes that the... Um, pandemic has put so many people out of work and has had thousands, tens of thousands of businesses close and you've doubled your money. Correct. So, I, the, But I does that give you an example that you can make money even in the worst of times? Yes. But I will say this is that, and you said it yourself here, you only took out that, what you said, 30? 30,000. 30, once. For me, I don't see myself doing that for a very long time. So I personally see it as money- I don't ever want to be put in the position to, quite frankly. I see that money as, you know, 
I can see that when I retire. I don't ever really see that as like, that'll help me buy a house or that'll help me buy big things because no, I just don't want to hurt the, the compounding of it. But in terms of budgeting, I hope I get to a point personally and I, you know, my heart goes out to everyone else who's 23, 24, who's my age, who maybe work is still slow or if you're freelance like me or um, whatever you do and money's going out as quickly as it's coming in because that's just what life is like now. It's super expensive, you know, living on your own or even just with roommates. But um, that someday we all will be able to budget and we can put away as much as of we can in the stock market because we actually do have an emergency savings fund. I I hope that people my age, um, if you're in the position that you've like gone through your emergency savings fund, that we can all build it up again um, or, you know, keep saving it. I don't know. But I am very happy to be living at home and grateful. And uh, can I stay here forever? Like, you can, can stay I make as you long like a you chai want. tea and stay here but forever? You can stay here forever, but I'm sorry, everyone. I am not <laughs> uh, fooling myself that you, if you had plenty of money and you had a $200,000 job, you're probably moving out tomorrow because you want your independence. And I applaud you for that. Well, independence is nice. And also because my entire life and, you know, I don't know how many people I'm speaking for. I've been told that like the twenties are the best time of your life. And I'm just watching them not go away. I still have plenty left, but you know, one year kind of got ticked off, but 31, it's the new 29 and I'm claiming it now, um, for uh, seven years from now. (laughs) Um, but, uh, hopefully I I don't know how sporadic this episode was, but it was so fun just asking you about that. I genuinely am dead honest right now. Everyone who's listening, I had no idea we were forced in that position to have to take out money because I always thought, we were fine. I knew that things were weird because you were working at the college and it was kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, miserable. It was miserable. <laughs> um, there are like a couple of like star students who actually cared and yeah, like, and, the effort and, and I found a it, lot but... of students who didn't even show up for class. And I, yeah. I had prepped 20 hours for that week's class. That's like a four hour and, class. And I'm going to teach you about cameras. I'm going to teach you about this. You're going to get to use all the equipment. And then they show up and three out of 12 people come to yeah, class. Yeah, you can't even run a run the show properly. You can't even run the class properly because no one's there. But see, after having graduated college, I would understand that if you were running like a 400 person lecture that like not that many people show up because they'll get right. the notes. And this was the fun part. You get to play with the equipment. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty crazy. But um, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and yes, listening. Please thank subscribe. Thank you for letting me ask my dad some questions today. Anytime. Um, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you very much. Take care. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.